Angie Lancaster Remax, GMIG's Fifth Street Pub, and AMPM Plumbing. Now, live from GMIG's Fifth Street Pub in Valley Junction, this is the Hawkeye Huddle with your hosts, David Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1350 ESPN Des Moines, 102.1 FM. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. at GMIGS. We're going to have to recut. We're going to have to have Danny recut that open because we have a new sponsor, my friend. Gary Chrysler Dodge. That's right. Out in Waukee. Couldn't that, be happier. Very cool. On top of that, it's we're rolling out of football season. We need some sort of a theme music, I think, than, than the marching band at this point. You know? I don't, so I don't we have know. a pep band? I don't know. Well, maybe. They can do a little can't slow down. Anyway, that's what they do, you know, at the basketball games before, right? Right as the no, last minute is close, is the tradition. The last minute's going down pregame before the uh, introductions. They play that, and they try to hit the last note right on as the clock hits zero. And if they do, the marching or the uh, pep band is extremely happy. If they don't, they just keep going. Well, they're in the band. They are. Got to be happy about something. They have to have. They have to have their own fun. Hey, speaking of making your own fun, there were about I don't know fifteen thousand, maybe twenty. Yeah. Hawkeye fans in Indianapolis this last weekend who made their own fun out of uh, what very clearly was really odd. To, it was really odd to walk around with so many fans. Um, not as many as in the past, but plenty. Trust me, plenty. And every conversation you had was, the I, same. Just, uh, I just hope we don't embarrass ourselves and I hope we score. Scoring didn't happen. Uh, not embarrassing ourselves, I believe, did if people watched the football game uh, around the country. They saw why Iowa had won a lot of football games. They also saw why Iowa did not just blow past a lot of people. Right. And they lose this one 26 to nothing. Uh, we can talk about whether the score should have been closer and probably will because I'm, I'm going to go on a rant here a little bit later. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Iowa couldn't Does score. Does it have before. to do with one appendage that's attached to another and not it, going in the same direction? Actually, that part is not as egregious, in my opinion, as the whistles and continuing play. So... Let, let's just wrap this part up to say Iowa lost 26 to nothing. Uh, seven first downs total. Could not get anything going offensively. Not a shocker. Still have the worst quarterback in the country. I think, you know, he clearly improved over the year, but but when the pressure was on, he played horrible the other night. Yes. Um, the ride receivers did not help him at all. No. Um, dropped every ball that was an iffy ball. There was yes. not, a, not a good catch made out of anybody except for the a couple of tight ends. Deontay Vines, who's entered the portal, good riddance. You can't drop a ball over the middle wide open like he did at the end of the game just when you're just trying to move the football. I'm tired of guys dropping the ball. Nico Regani is going to be done this year. I'm tired of him dropping the football. He's had a great career. I'm tired of guys dropping the football. When our quarterback's horrible and he makes a good throw, you've got to catch that. It's not, up to, it's not up to you to drop the ball. It's you've not, got one. It's, you have one job. You have one job. You have and, one job. And you know what Hawkeye receivers have not done for some time? Mossed anyone. <laughs> they have not gone up and gotten the football. And, and oh, by the way, anybody who wants to say I was never had guys like that, then fine. Let's not talk about Brandon Smith. Let's not talk about um, Ed Smith Hinkle. Amir Smith Marset. Ed Hinkle. Clint Solomon. Guys over the years have been there in this program. Martin Manley. Uh, well, we've had. He DJK. Made, right, DJK. There were a number of guys who could catch footballs. McNutt. The, the drops this year and last year have been. Absolutely, uh, that, that they've been critical and they've been hard to watch because it's, he's so bad. This guy, now you're going back. But in any case, um, a, a few other notes Tavon here. Though, Smith. let's let's talk about the highlight. The defense, 
uh, holds Michigan to 3.3 yards per play. It's their lowest output. Now, I saw somebody arguing, I think Hawkeye Game Film was arguing, it was 2016 when Iowa beat Michigan in Kinnick that they actually held them that low. But the statistic on TV was 2014 was the last time somebody else had held them that low in a, in a yard per carry, uh, yard per play defensive situation. And Iowa, you know, held Blake Quorum to, what, 53 yards rushing. Um, this was a great defensive performance. After the first series, Iowa started playing six defensive backs uh, on every passing uh, situation, which was really smart. They brought Kane Intringer in. We got to meet him more intimately than we ever have. They played very well on defense. They looked great there. It was just everywhere else that things just did not click on Saturday night. Well, and, you know, speaking of Keon Intringer, he had the probably the most amazing play uh, watched by now millions of the highlight where he was the gunner on the punt team, he's replaced Cooper DeGene, and he missed the tackle at the eight yard line, fell straight on his face, got up at the three, didn't give up on the play, took off, ran through all that traffic and caught the guy at the, at the five. They said he, he covered 165 yards on the play, <laughs> uh, and he never got, gave up, and he caught the guy, and, and Kirk said it was reminded him of Cooper in the bowl game when he tracked down a Kentucky player and knocked yep. him out at the two yep. or the three by not giving up and showing the kind of determination. And, and trust me, Phil Parker and uh, Seth Wallace and those guys are going to remember that kind of effort and that kind of play. Well, we're going to miss Quinn Schulte, but this kid, they've been talking about him for two since last year's bowl prep, how good he was and how well he was playing. This is who's plugging in right there. Well, I mean, it, he's, 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 he looks terrific. He is bigger than Schulte. True. He's going to make a, a bigger impact in run defense. Uh, than Schulte. A little faster. Um, well, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, considering you ran that kid down. But, uh, you know, it gives it gives you an idea of the heart and the effort that the Iowa defense always plays with. Uh, Joel Klatt could not say enough good things on Saturday night, considering he was pushing so strongly for Sharon Moore to be the Broyles Ward winner because he, you know, had to lead his team as a head coach. And thankfully, Phil Parker and whoever votes on that uh, did finally win that award. Yes, it's, today, it's today it was announced. It's a, uh, that is, uh, it's a huge deal because he's been nominated a number of times. He's the first time he made it. I didn't realize. I said a week or so ago, first time he was a semifinalist. I thought he'd actually been right. nominated further, but the, not only that, but then he did win. They did the right thing, as I said. Sometimes the good guys win one, and, and people, whoever voted for that, figured out that this was, is is not I just can, about the fact that you got to, to I can, head coach. I, I can right? tell you who did not vote on that, and that was replay officials uh, yeah. for <laughs> anyone who done a, a Hawkeye game. So, I, I, as we said, Iowa was not going to score in this game much, right? They had a couple of opportunities, one, one in the first half that, um, first of all, they, they didn't move the football but maybe twice over the 50-yard line on their own. Right. Okay. But they did start that one drive in the first half in Michigan territory at the 48. They drove to the 30. And on second down, the Michigan player who was rushing in the passer. Oh, that picked, was so bad. Just flat out picked up with two with both arms and body slammed Deacon Hill right in front of the official. Which is an impressive feat, if you uh, must say. Yeah, he's a big guy. <laughs> uh, one should notice this. It right. was replayed. Ten times on the on the big screen, how that is not called, how that is that's a judgment call, but it's not a judgment call in this case. This is very clearly this was an all pro wrestling. Yes. Pick a guy up, slam him to the ground, 
well after the ball is thrown because and clearly then, he can't your, throw the ball if he's being touched. And put your arms up and say, I didn't fall on him. Right. Uh, and As if that even should have mattered. So that should have been 15 yards. Iowa first and, and first and 10 at the 15. Instead, they have a third and eight. eight. And then he... And then the fumble. Yeah, then the fumble. fumble. Now, the thing about the fumble that I've seen a number of times that just bugs, bugs me to no end is Hayden Large was the tight end on that. He's out there. He's, his guy to block was the guy that made the tackle. He looked at him as if, eh, he'll make it past that guy, and he went to the next dude. I don't know why. So he just totally just – if he makes that block, Jazz cuts inside, he gets the first down. Instead, he completely – whiffs on him, doesn't really even try, and passes up and goes to the next guy. So, again, I look at some of the guys who are not playing in this game, Luke Lachey, the, 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 the blocking ability he has, aside from his pass-catching abilities, uh, the, the way that things click in his mind, I, you can't say he would have made the block, but I'm telling you right now, if you look at it again, look where... where uh, you can't say Cooper G would have made the tackle, but he would have. But he, pro but he probably would have, right? So, th th that was, so the body slam was bad, but here's... And, and, and here's another one that was bad was on the punt return, there is clearly a block in the back at the 30-yard line. was the last, just as the guy emerged from the pack. There is a clear, and I saw it happen live. I saw it happen on every replay. It's a little fuzzy because he's over on the side, but there was a clear block in the back. Fine. He returns the punt. I, I'm, I have a tough time of blocking in the back in most punt returns anyway. So um, while that was angering, not as angering as the body slam, but then certainly not as angering as what happened then in the, in the third quarter, which, by the way, if you watch Big Ten and 60s replay, they completely cut out. It goes from 10 to nothing to 17 to nothing. They just completely cut out that six minutes they, of the game. So they tried the uh, Lindsey Nelson. We now move to further action yes, in the yes, same series exactly. of downs. Exactly. Exactly. Now in the same, the same quarter. In the you same know? series of downs. Yeah, so um, they cut it out. Um, when it happened live, because it was right in front of us, and we were row 13 right, uh, right on, in the end zone there, um, when it happened live, uh, it to me was an incomplete pass. I looked up on the scoreboard, I watched the replay, and I said, I started screaming. I, I asked Andrew, I scr started screaming at the top of my lungs, run a play, run a play, run a play. And there were, were Lazy Fair and up there, right? And you know why? Because the referee had called an incomplete pass I don't know, three seconds before the ball had been picked up casually by a Michigan player and handed to and him. And handed to him. Right. It wasn't even a recovery. It was more of a... There was oh, no recovery. Here, here's, your, here's your ball that's rolling down the street. Would you like to have yes. it back? I have, I have a big problem with, with the fumble call, of course, because it's been, there's, a, there's a great um, couple of shots of it. Uh, Hawkeye Fanatics is one of the Facebook sites out there, and a guy actually has it. You can see the ball's in his hand back, and you can see... You can, point it to a, a guy standing on the sidelines by his knee right right and then it, you can see it it's moved there's space there a lot of space there to where his hand is actually finally contacted and it's still in his so you can see there's photographic evidence absolute it's much like the recruiter film positive proof that that was not a fumble absolute positive proof that that was not a fumble but uh, unless you're a replay official aside from that and as kirk has said they've ruined about, the game what is it about iowa players in their arms moving they, you know, that, 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 it, it, cause, apparently that doesn't work cause right? cause uh, horrible calls by the replay official but, it's just insane but the the dead the whistle was blown the whistle was blown clearly there's a signal the guy gets in the referee gets in front of caleb johnson so he can't pick up the football 
because he has ended the play. Right. And it bounces five yards to a Michigan player who then casually picks it up and handles it. Like you say, the Hawkeye linemen were trying to knock it down yes. as opposed to recover it. And, and then they blew the whistle and everybody stopped. Right. No, everybody stopped. The Michigan player didn't even know he'd recovered the football. He just handed it to the ref, right? Right. And walks away. Now, so aside from the fact that it that what Kirk's point is is that we're, we've ruined the football, the game of football, and I completely agree. By having a replay official slow everything down and make those calls out of nowhere, the call in the field was made. It wasn't even close. And absolute indisputable evidence is what it's supposed to be, and it's no longer that. It's what they think might have happened, right? So uh, we're going to well, hedge. We and, think it might have been. And if you're going to if you're going to give the explanation to the football coach that the arm was going forward but not the hand, and you can see here on radio that my hand is clearly attached to my arm and in a throwing motion, by the definition of it throwing, it they have both have to go at the it, same right. time. Now, there are some people who don't even follow through. So you could throw it and not even have and your not, wrist. And not bent, have your wrist right? Cocked. Right. So uh, it doesn't say you have to have a full follow through or anything of that nature. It was just a horrible call. And then, of course, it gives me, and then Brian lost his, lost his, his composure. Head. Yes. Um, and, but, and I was about to uh, uh, put on the Twitter machine the other day because they had a pretty good video of it. If you'd like me to read the lips here, these are exactly the words that he <laughs> what said. He said. And uh, the, it was FBS, um, U, M, F, uh, <laughs> blew the effing yeah. whistle. Yeah, you blew the whistle. That's BS. Right. So the more egregious. I think that's Morse code. To add insult to injury. Now, as I understand it on the, foot, on the, re, on the, uh, the television broadcast, they didn't really even go into this. They went to commercial and came back, and Gus and Joel goes, there's been a huge dis, uh, right. change. Of no, no. I'm talking about then. Then Michigan gets, we get the ball. We don't go anywhere. Michigan gets the ball back. Quorum goes into a pile of Hawkeyes. He's clearly still moving. He's clearly moving forward. And fumbled. And fumbled. Yes. The whistles did blow before the fumble. They shouldn't have blown, okay? But even if they did, by the virtue of the very call you just made that said after the whistles blow, you can still have a recovery, Sebastian Castro picks the ball up. He's going for a touchdown. Right. Iowa is going to be within 17-7. At the end of the day, they're going to cover. They're going to get the, 70 t the, the touchdown that I called for. I got 19 and a half yards out of Caleb Brown. I got me. Uh, I had a four-leg parlay. They cover that, and I win. As it was, they nope, and they didn't even review it. They didn't replay it. Nobody talked about it. This was a clear, unadulterated yeah. fumble. A clear, unadulterated fumble that was returned for a touchdown, and they stopped it. So right. I want to know the difference. I need to understand. Well, I have to ask the, Kaker. In in the in the Minnesota game this year, no whistle, no whistle, touchdown. Cooper DeGene, we call the play back. And because there's no whistle in the game at but Minnesota they last it, year, they called it back to look and see if he was inbounds. Right. Well, they're that saying now. They're saying now. I heard from somebody that no, they uh, called that back to make sure he was had stayed. There inbounds. was a dude that was on the sideline that said that one official said to the other official, "That kid made it." They're, they're saying that kid made a fair catch. Who's who are these? Some they? ball boy. Some ball boy or something was saying. Connor Stallion on yeah, the Minnesota sideline. I don't know. Anyway. Last year in Minnesota, Jack Campbell runs back a, 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 fumble. a fumble for a touchdown. Right. Went to replay. Went, and they called him out. No, no. They blew the whistle. They blew the whistle, so the play was dead. They blew the whistle, so the play was dead, right? So 
we're, we're, when we don't blow the whistle, the play comes back against Iowa. When we do blow the whistle, play goes against play Iowa. goes against Iowa. Um, everything there makes some sense until you go to the till the to the third quarter fumble recovery here, where the where the ball was an incomplete pass. I think at the end of the day, the Big Ten, the Big Ten, who technically I think typically has some of the best college officials going. I think their officiating has just gone in the toilet this year. Um, and well, I'm not just talking about the Iowa football games. I'm talking about all the football games, uh, Big Ten football games that I've watched. The number of calls that have to be reviewed. Or, I, and maybe maybe yeah, the fact yeah. is that the replay official seems to think that he has to interject far more in a and Big that's Ten where game. This, this is, where, this yeah. is what Kirk is saying, and right. I totally agree. Number one, stop. Okay, right. just stop. If, this, you, if, somebody, if somebody asks for a challenge or the officials want to have a challenge, then challenge it. Right. But don't just interject because you want to. Out of nowhere, right? The officials made their call. They were satisfied with the call. They didn't ask for anything. They right. were just started to go, and this guy did it. Last part about this before, because when we get time on, we'll probably go somewhere else. We're not was moving. that? Was that? It's quarter after. We're going to have no, to. No, I. Yeah. Was that seriously the offensive game plan? No wonder the man is being fired. No, the, no wonder the man is being fired. The I, offensive I wanna, game I wanna, plan. I want to. I want to talk about this in far more depth. Do you thought it was good? This. This is exactly why Brian yes. is being fired. Yep. And exactly why Marco Linez has to be the quarterback for the bowl game. <laughs> and and Joey Labus uh, has already entered the transfer portal, so Marco Linez is going to be your backup at least this week, or uh, for the bowl game. And allegedly probably was for the balance of the year but who would ever know and quite honestly they had to tell deacon thank you for your service yep. uh give him a pension and adios and and off he goes and and I, they need to find at least one quarterback in the in the portal the, one of the better tweets i saw about the game and the guy is clever i can't stand the, the political stuff he throws into the hawkeyes you know yeah. the, right this was the the ultimate brian ferentz troll Here's what I'm going to do. I mean, we're going to go to the Big Ten Championship, and on a national stage, I'm going to run the same five plays that I've run all year long in combination, and I'm only going to throw past the first down marker in the on the last drive of the fourth quarter because that was the first time all day that they had thrown the ball oh, past thought, the first I down. There was one. There might have been one no, other one. Whatever. But all right, we're we going to go to break. We'll come back with Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle on 102.1 FM, ESPN 1350 Des Moines. This is Drake men's basketball head coach, Darren DeVries, and the Bulldogs play here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. And we're back on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. We're at G-Mix in Valley Junction, West Des Moines. Come on, join us until 6 o'clock tonight. 5, 6 o'clock is the show every Tuesday all the way through the winter sports season. So we got another three and some odd change months of this, which is really cool. Right. I guess two and a half. About 16 shows. That's that's the call, right? Is that because you, when you talk to Deary, yeah. that's about what you went with, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, again, thank our newest sponsor, Deary Chrysler Dodge, Milwaukee. Of AJ course. AJ Perez, general manager, West Des Moines Valley grad, 1982. 1982. University of Iowa grad, 86 or 87. Very good. Very good. They have uh, a beautiful showroom out in Milwaukee. Uh, what do you say? Des Moines is the only Jeep, only Jeep showroom. showroom. Yeah, it's really neat. Really nice. Ah, very good. They have a Dodge Ram truck that I was drilling over. As I was in there the other day. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, one of those, huh? You're like, that's pretty. Yeah. All right. uh, I'm assuming. Yes. Without a whole lot of fanfare that our friend Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com is on the line with us. Good afternoon, Tom. 
Good afternoon, gentlemen. Well, we've been talking through a lot of things, including replays and uh, missed calls here and there. But at the end of the day, we've gone back to the fact that Iowa could not score the other night and probably were not going to score beyond one or two times that they had the football. So we can move on beyond that a little bit and talk a little bit a little bit more deeply about uh, the significance of some of the other cool things that have happened. And one of the things is just I don't know how much you got to spend outside of the stadium last week or this weekend, but... Iowa fans still came out in force. It wasn't quite as big as, as the past, but they were still there regardless of the fact that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of hope going in. They were still there. We were still there in force, in mass, cheering on that team. And the other part that was kind of interesting to me was just, you know, on the way home even. I stop at a rest stop on I-74. I get out, and I'm walking in, and three guys come walking in, and they say, go Hawks, right? Right. Iowa fans, Tom, they were there, and on top of that, the, the sun came up the next day, and they're ready to move on to, to they're ready to move on to cheer on a bowl uh, game. Yeah, um, there were a good amount of fans from from Iowa there supporting Iowa. I thought it was probably about seventy thirty. The Michigan fans just, you know, I thought maybe they would sit it out, and they're saving their powder for for uh, the Rose Bowl, yeah, Houston or whatever, and. And uh, then I then I realized, you know, it's not that far of a drive from no. Ann Arbor, Detroit to uh, Indianapolis. So I think it's like just, five hours. It's not. It's probably not quite. Is it that far? We were seven, right? So yeah, I, maybe, I, I bet, but maybe it's only four. Yeah, it's. I think it's a little closer than that. And and to, to be honest, they were out in force the night before. You know, when we went there for Michigan State, they were nowhere right. to be found until game time, right? Suddenly they were just there. This, remember, this group was... They all have ankle bracelets that can only get out on the weekend. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, but Iowa fans were there having a good time still. Four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. There you okay. go. So it, roughly half the time than for most, a lot of Hawkeye fans. So, you know. Right. Ran into a lot of people. I, the length I had, it's, it's a little longer than folks who were in the Iowa City area would have. To That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Longer. With you. Yeah. Um, so Iowa fans came to the table. They're, they're supporting this team. But at the end of the day, Tom, we've, we've moved to, uh, we're moving into the bowl, bowl game. But on top of that, it's time to find a new offensive coordinator. Is Kirk going to make this draw? Is he going to draw this out? Which I kind of have an opinion is my answer on this, but from what do you know, is he going to draw this out? Is this going into January or February? Or is he going to get this done quickly enough to help himself with re recruiting and, and portal uh, additions as well? I don't know. That, do we know if it would help? I don't know. Well, it, 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 it might depend. It, it's, it's, it's a good question. It's by yeah. this. By this. It's going to be like, oh my God, they'll get a bunch of recruits because they got a new offensive coordinator named. Uh, well, if it's Dana uh, Holgerson, <laughs> that might be a change. You know, yeah, I mean, he's from Mount yeah, Pleasant. I just, uh, I, I don't think. Um, I can, I can almost guarantee you that it won't be Dana Holgerson. I no, I, I, he's too far out there. He's, a, he's a weird dude. <laughs> yeah, but what David's saying is that, that at some point in time, you. If you're going to try to attack some, attract some of the talent, do, I don't you know? think he's going to do anything until after the season's over. Yeah, my opinion. I would be well, surprised. And, it, and if a couple of his candidates are still in the playoff, Paul Christ at, at Texas with the dude at Washington who's not coming, but it, Ryan, Ryan, yeah, Grant. yeah, yeah. If he, you know those two guys are still, they're still in the playoffs. They got their work cut out for them. I don't think they're going to turn their backs yeah, on. 
Paul Chris would leave his analyst job at, in Austin in a heartbeat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, that's that probably be. true. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that works. And then more to the point, uh, I don't think it could have been illustrated any more blatantly the other night that, that whatever whoever he brings in is going to have to do something a little different. And we're, the real question is, so you hear some scuttlebutt from people, oh, I talked to somebody in the athletic department. You know, Beth uh, has been talking to Kirk about, you know, you really need to let somebody really take over and do something a little bit different and try to move in. But at the end of the day, I, I just – do you see it being a whole lot different other than maybe somebody having a slightly different scheme and probably doing a better job of, of game planning? I thought Brian's game plan the other night was just crazily, crazily the same as what he's done all year. But other than that, you see it being any different? I don't. And that's why I'm, I'm kind of just undercutting the whole idea that it would make this huge difference because at the end of the day, you know, Kiefer and the Kirk Ferentz offense, Greg Davis and the Kirk Ferentz, style offense, Brian Ferentz and the Kirk Ferentz style offense all did it a little bit differently, but essentially the same. You know, this year the biggest change has been they have just kind of, because of the change in the blocking rules, um, they're they're out of the, the uh, inside zone, outside zone business for the most part. And they've just for the most part, right. Counter. They're just yeah. a counter team now, traps and counters, and and kind of just doing that now because they have basically kind of outlawed a lot what the uh, what the, uh, the the zone block schemes used to do. So can't do it yeah. anymore. Uh, yeah, the backside blocks and some, yeah, yeah, the, those those what they would call almost like cut blocks or whatever. You can't do them anymore. So. Um, you know that's why Kirk gets so mad about that because it essentially took 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 away his run game or his right. bread and butter. So, uh, well, and you know the fact of the matter is, even though it did, you need to be able to adjust. You have to make adjustments, and you can't just bitch about it. You have to decide, okay, if the rules aren't going to allow us to do this, then we need to do something different. And and he's been stubborn or or unwilling or whatever you want to call it. The reason I like Paul Christ is that they had a power running game at Wisconsin that was based upon straight-ahead gap-type blocking with big dudes. Iowa's got big dudes, and they run some of that counter stuff, um, but they also ran a bunch of jet sweep motion and a lot of those kinds of other things that Brian just never seemed to embrace. Um, and Andor could not get beyond his scripted plays. Once that happened, it was over, right? I mean, and I just thought that the other night. I, I bet mean, his kids know. hated growing up. He probably read the same book night after <laughs> night after night. It just had to be something horrible like that. Anyway, so I I, I have to render hope, Tom, that, that – I mean, Kirk Ferris is a Hall of Fame coach. He's won 193 more football games than I'm ever going to win. But the fact is, is that Nick Saban – was stubborn like him and changed. And he brought in Kiffin and Sark and all, and all those guys in the Alabama offense exploded once the rules were changed. Um, well, it also here's, helps. The thing. here's the thing with Saban. Saban had to change. Kirk hasn't had to change because of the division. Yeah. He really hasn't. Right. And maybe now, maybe now the way things are, he, he I don't know if he'll figure it out, but it's a good point. Now – 
you're going to have to, right? Because you can't you, you can't count on going 7-2 and two and making a Big Ten championship game. You're going to have to go undefeated, maybe 11-1 and one at worst. And you're gonna and the wor- the most you can lose is one game at at best to try to make a Big Ten championship, and as Florida State showed the other day, if you go 12 and 0, that might not be good enough. 13 and 0. 13 and 0. Sorry, 13 and 0. That might not be good enough. And I was thinking about that. You know, Tom, we've talked about this in the past. How Kirk only measures himself on wins and losses and by height, but if you take that and you look at the Florida State situation and how they got screwed out of not going to the 14 playoff. And if you expand that out to, let's say, Iowa was in a situation, take this year, for example, and reverse reverse the the Minnesota game and give them that one back. And they're sitting there today at 11-2, and and they're 13 or 14. Are they going to be left out because they're on their third-string quarterback and their offense is horrible compared to an old miss? Yeah. Yeah, probably. because he said it, he said it after. Was it after the Illinois game? You know, this is or the, you know, this isn't a beauty contest. Uh, no, Kirk, it actually is. It, they right? told us it, it was a beauty. Or, contest. They literally the other day said it was uh, a beauty contest, right? I mean, I I'm sorry, I, don't get don't get me started. Went, right. You can't on Florida State. I I'm not a Knowles fan in any way, shape, or form. I think the ACC is a relatively weak conference. Alabama has absolutely zero business being in that football game. They. Squeak past Auburn was, last week. By the way, it's just if it was awful. If it was uh, if it wasn't Alabama and if it was Ole Miss, Mississippi State. There yep. you go. No way they make it. No way. Zero. Yep. It, absolutely, Tom. And, you know, in fact, I, I love the exchange. Somebody posted. I'm not sure if it's your site or it was just out on Twitter. There was a Twitter exchange between some guy who goes, "Look, Alabama would beat Florida State by three touchdowns." The guy came back and said, "Look, Alabama didn't win a single football game by three touchdowns this year," which is true. <laughs> they didn't blow anybody out. They struggled past South Florida. They struggled past Auburn. They they had a bunch of really close football games. They won against a great team the other day, with a little help from the officials, by the way, if you watch that game. Whatever. Either way, they won. But, at, Tom, that's exactly it. If they were named anything other than Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, maybe Notre Dame, they aren't in the net. Georgia. In the, uh, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Georgia. The, the, the name got them in. And uh, what's amazing over a Florida State that's been there before as, as well, it's it just it's it's absolutely makes me want to puke. But so, aside from that, so Tom, let's talk about the portal a little bit and explain to us how it works. I mean, obviously names are going in. Joey Labus is in. Uh, we had a defensive back yesterday. Brandon Des Fernandez is you. in. Ontario Thompson and Deontay Vines, right? Right, and obviously Spencer and Spencer Petras, who is going to Utah State. Right. Yes. So. When do they – how long do they have to declare? I don't know if that's the right word. That's a, there's a 30-day window. So, you know, that opened up officially on Monday. and um, But they don't have to find a home in the next 30 days. But okay, they can declare that they're in the portal. Yeah. For the next – okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so you got like a 30-day window to kind of figure all this out. So, and if at Iowa, if you declare you're in the portal, is the door shut behind you? Pretty much, yes. Okay. I mean, I, looking at these guys, there's 1,300, 1,400 kids in the portal. 
who are apparently just don't care about playing in their bowl games, right? I mean, some of them do, and some of them wouldn't see the field anyway. But in some cases, though, you look at the Oklahoma. How does Oklahoma's first-string quarterback and Ohio State first-string quarterback, are they being shown? Ohio State lost half their starters, it looked like. Is that a fair assessment of their portal activity? Are they all starters? Ohio State, yeah. They had a bunch of guys that were – that are that are in the portal, including their starting quarterback. So, yeah, they've got. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's. That's the weird thing about the portal right now is you've got so many guys that are just, um, you know, the, the, every. They're looking for a payday. I, I pointed out. I well, and I pointed out that well, it's, you want to be first to first to market kind of thing, you know. Right. Right. So that's why you want to be out there first. Um, but I, it, it's like Iowa, for example. This is back-to-back years where they're going to go into a bowl game with two scholarship quarterbacks. Yep. You know. Yep. Last, last year was Labus and Carson May, and and Sam Laporta was the emergency quarterback. <laughs> and the problem is our <laughs> emergency know, quarterbacks wear a boot. <laughs> And this and this year, um, young Tommy Pulhusky is the uh, is the, uh, the third stringer, third string quarterback. <laughs> I remember the day so. Tom Pulhusky started for against Michigan State. Yeah. Nobody knew knew his name. Yeah, that's you funny. You have to say it like Hayden say it. Hayden would say it. Pulhusky, 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 Pulhusky. Well, I think it's really interesting. The last little bit there, uh, Tom. It does sound like that most uh, that it, most of the Iowa players who are not in the portal already, are, are sounds like they're planning on staying. Which, to one thing, one way is a great thing, right? The family atmosphere, the fact that they want to be Hawks. On the other hand, it doesn't allow Iowa a lot of room to bring in a whole lot of players either. No, it doesn't because you know they're going to lose some guys too. Um, I don't know if they're going, but but it's going to be. Like Cooper DeGene to the NFL, Luke Lachey maybe to the NFL. Um, you know, we've been kind of uh, putting up on the on the uh, um, on the side about Griffin Little is, is gonna it sounds like gonna take a a uh, medical um, uh, and, and be done with football because he's had uh, issues with the stinger and everything, so he hasn't been able to get healthy, but. Um, you know, there's a few guys that that have opportunities. Um, Y.A. Black is another guy that's weighing NFL versus coming back for his fifth and year. Higgins and Castro, so, those guys. Yeah. Yeah, and that, but then you've got also got yeah, the, you've also got so those are guys that would be on the roster next year. You know, like Cooper, Y.A., uh, Luke Lachey, and then you've got that other subset of guys like like Jay Higgins and Castro and. And Schulte and um, you know, guys along those lines that, that are that have the COVID year available to them, um, can they come back? You know, would they consider coming back? I think some of them are. I don't. Castro, I think, is kind of going to have a discussion maybe tomorrow about some things. But um, you know, Tom, I don't know if Jay's coming back. I mean, he's got a good opportunity to come back, so we'll see. Um, Huh. Interesting, and that but their shopping is going to be limited because yeah. you know right now they're at eighty four of eighty five, and if you bring three back, but you got three guys to go to the NFL, you're still net of uh, you know you can take one, 
I posed today, do they need to go out and get a quarterback? I think they do. Because if you don't have a third stringer, right? Right, because, because clearly they're averse to playing freshmen, right? So, you know. Well, here, the other thing is that, you know, Cade McNamara, let's be honest. He's he brittle. Is, He's brittle. He had, yep. major, he had a major, major uh, injury um, the previous year. This year he has an ACL tear, another major injury. Um, and do you want to go into next year with your backup being, uh, backup choices being Deacon Hill or Marco Lainette? I'm okay with Marco. Okay. We haven't seen him yet, but well, yeah, there's no, nobody wants Marco Polo. Right, right. Right. All right. All right. Well, we real got fast because we got, we got t- about 20 seconds. Iowa going to beat Iowa State in basketball or no? I think they're going to play better than they did. Uh, well, that wouldn't take best. much. Uh, <laughs> Tom going way out on a limb here. <laughs> Don't hang too hard. <laughs> All yeah. Right. Well, All right. I'll be interested to see what the line is. I think it'll probably be about six or seven. I figured. Yeah. I figured five or six. Yeah. yeah. All right, Tom. We got to roll. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next week. Okay. Tom Caker of Hawkeye Report. Yeah. You betcha. HawkeyeReport.com. Appreciate him checking in. We are way over time. We'll have a short segment next time around. Not a big deal. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 102.1 and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Hi, it's Greeny, and you're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. And we're back here on the Hawk Idol. Brett Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. with you here at GMIGS. Uh, aside from them as sponsors and our new friends at Deary, got to make sure to thank Angie Lancaster, Remax Concepts. Appreciate the continued support there. Also, uh, owner of some of the greatest checks mix in the history of the Really? She, she was <laughs> unwillingly shared it with me. Guru of the checks mix. Um, we got a short segment here. Let's make sure we talk. Uh, <laughs> we talk a little uh, basketball and wrestling. Uh, wrestlers beat Penn on the road on Friday night, twenty-two to thirteen. Um, in the remar- palestra. Uh, remarkable part of it. It was in the palestra. Um, Gabe Arnold. They didn't wrestle him the other night. We just took the week off after, even though he's the Big Ten wrestler of the week. Um, Kennedy went in at at one seventy-four and yes. got smoked. Absolutely smoked by a number 10 guy, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But then, uh, you know, Brands is wrestling a, a number of different guys here and there, plugging them in, knowing he's going to win these dual meets, which is an interesting way to go because he's trying to figure out what his lineup's going to be when he gets to the end of the year. I mean, that's basically what you're seeing a lot of right now, a lot of different lineups. Yeah, no question. And Obviously, to me, Brandon Te- uh, Teske's been the biggest disappointment so far of the starting lineup. And look, you, look you lost Nelson, and you lost Cassiope, and you lost... Um, another dude in the middle due to the gambling and those are those are hard guys to lose i mean they're all americans and they don't have all americans backing them up in, yet in yet you know right. ben yeah. keeter's just not big enough yet to be they want him at about 245 250 to be a heavyweight wrestler and you know the kid's eating thirteen thousand calories a day and he's at like 230. kirk wants him to learn that kirk's the, the one guy that pointed he pointed out for bowl practices he wants to see more out of is ben keeter Right. So where does that kid, you know, right. where does he factor in? You're right. It's a, it's a good example of they aren't there yet with a number of things. They've got a great recruiting class. They uh, picked up a big kid last uh, night at, uh, at uh, 125 out of uh, Fargo, I think. I'd have to look at it for his name, but he's like the number two or three uh, prospect up, up in the country. Up there by Brainerd? Yeah. Uh, up, the, up, up north by Mille Lacs. By Mille Lacs. Uh, anyway, Hawks are 4-0. and Friday they go and play. Uh, play. They wrestle Columbia in Carver Hawkeye at 7 p.m. 
And uh, then I think they head off to it. They got, they got those duels, uh, yeah. soldier salute later on uh, this month. Women's basketball took care of business against Bowling Green, 99-65. Did tomorrow you night, see Ted Lasso on the sideline? I've got Super. it on my notes here. So they won uh, tomorrow night. They got Iowa State at six o'clock on ESPN two. Craig and I may be in attendance, we'll be so there. you never know uh, what uh, fun we might have with that. Uh, but, yeah, Jason Sudeikis in attendance with Sue Bird the other day, and they got him on the dance cam doing the Ted Lasso, which is really good. They, they worked at it really hard. They showed him several times before he got up and did it, but it was well, perfect. Why are, he, why are he and Sue Bird running around the country watching basketball games? No idea. No idea. Did Huh? Why not? Why, why not? not? They can, right? Well, Sue, Sue Bird's married to uh, Megan Rapinoe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, right, mm. I suppose. Ted Lasso, if anybody can change her to the different team, maybe it's Ted Lasso. Maybe you never know. Jason's a dick. Sydney Alfalter won seven for be, seven in the, that game, so it's be curious. <laughs> so that was kind of a cool thing uh, as she continues to improve. Sharon Goodman down uh, down low with a double double the other day as well. Iowa won that one pretty easily. Hannah Stilke probably back tomorrow night. They've seen her in full practice gear. We'll see. That's no official word. So that'll be fun. The Hawks are eight and one, still ranked number four in the country, and we'll see them tomorrow night. And let's not forget, did avenge that loss to K State down. They they did in uh, Florida. Right. Men's basketball on Thursday, and should we save that for the next segment? Let's yeah, do that. Better. Let's do that. Let's take our, our final break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of men's basketball uh, and wrap up football for you the regular season. Uh, when we come back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Live sports live here. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines Sports Leader. Do we have to do the hand motions? <laughs> I, I've got the uh, Big Bang Theory whip app. <laughs> <laughs> do you really? <laughs> Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. back I here at G-Mix. Uh, wrapping up the Hawkeye Huddle. You know, they did do a pretty cool thing the other night. You probably saw on TV and wondered what all the little blinky lights and the did, you, did they show shots? of they, they had a deal where they gave you a, a wristband on the way in. It's fair to say... And that, they, they everybody that, had it. It was I have pretty no cool. No recollection, Senator. Okay, they they choreographed these lights going off on your wrist to all kinds of music and the, the bands and and so and at various times they took took I'm sure they took some stadium shots where you could see them going. It was a pretty cool little deal. I like that. I know they've attempted that at Carver with your phone and things, and it's yeah, never the, quite worked that's out. That's because we don't have any internet service at and, Hawkeye. And that would sporting be events. It, it, oddly enough. I'm in. A, it was in Indianapolis in the stadium, 60,000, 67,000 sell Great cell service. Now, granted, I had a couple times where I couldn't send you pictures. They eventually went. Yeah, no, but I, but I, I tweeted was, the whole I, game. I was getting right? them. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it worked fine. So, what the difference is there? They have boosters. <sighs> get me started on this. Maybe Beth gets is is maybe she's worthy of a, of an email saying, you know, what every other stadium has and has been doing and has been doing everywhere in the country. I've Iowa is the only place I've gone. It's the only place I've gone where I cannot get a cell signal. Okay, before so, before we go to the basketball game, I gotta say this, and it and it it bothers me that that this even has to be discussed. What Beth Getz did in the middle of the season was absolutely correct. What us changing offensive coordinators absolutely has to happen. Yes, and. Us changing quarterbacks and evaluators of quarterbacks has to happen, which means that John Butchagrass or whatever that dude's name is. Budemeyer. Budemeyer can't be in there because he thinks that Deacon Hill's the guy. Yes. 
He brought him in. This just has to it has to happen that there has to be fresh eyes on quarterbacks and quarterback evaluation for the football program to change the offense appropriately. It's I it's no, it's got to have you you're right. I, I I don't listen. I don't I don't relish the thought of anybody being out of a job. Although I think I'm sure Brian Ferentz has plenty of money by now. Yeah, Not I'm so also, worried about I'm that. I'm also sure that Brian Ferentz is going to easily get a job in any uh, manner of coaching that he wants if he applies for something. Just about anywhere yes. other than at this the level. The lawsuit's of, gone right, or right. whatever. Yeah, he's not yeah. going to be an offensive coordinator. And John Budemeyer will probably get another job as well or could be bumped to some other location on the coaching staff as an analyst I, or whatever. But yeah, he does Northwestern not. Northwestern Mutual is always higher. Yeah. Does not need to be evaluating quarterbacks. Um Okay, men's basketball victory on uh, what was that uh, Thursday night? Wednesday night. Wednesday night North, over North, North Florida, Florida. one hundred three right. seventy eight. Took them a little while to pull away, but they did so uh, in, in fine fashion. Uh, Perkins, Tony Perkins, was the story that night. Twenty one points right after his grandmother, who uh, had helped uh, raise him and encourage him all the way along, had passed away, and he was playing uh, on heart that night. And I, I, I uh, we can talk a little bit more about uh, the video. Did you see that of what happened behind yes. Fran? Yes. Yeah. Margaret. With Margaret, um, Margaret um, McCaffrey, they you know Big Ten Network's talking to Fran after the game, and Perkins, uh, Margaret McCaffrey goes over and embraces him, gives him a big hug, says some stuff in his ear, really get, giving him some encouragement about how much this game meant to him, and and uh, it it just shows you, look, I've kind of met Fran a few times. I don't think he's nearly as nice a guy as I think Kirk Ferentz is. He's a fine guy, but, right. he's, but he's not, you know, when we were coaching baseball, he was, he was, right, right. he had nothing to do with anybody when we were going against his kid back in the day, right? He, but that being said, these players still, there's a family atmosphere that they still build. There's a reason why he's able to recruit the guys he is and, and get the guys, and th this, this kind of shows you a little bit more of the human side of that family, right? So, so. Brucey's last call is Iowa 78, Iowa State 74. Well, we didn't go into the 87-68 loss last night that was at one point in time a 35-point deficit. Iowa cut to 19 at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, well, you're playing Purdue after Purdue gave up 92 against Northwestern. What did you think was going to happen? I said it was gonna, they were going to be angry. Uh, Iowa could miss a basket? Oh yes, but he was able to to rebound the said miss and slam it home over the top of whoever was in the way. I mean, he was he was a man on a mission. They made a lot of shots. They got way ahead, and Iowa could, had no answer. Here's the thing: you can't but, go uh, three minutes without scoring a basket in college I, basketball. Last call then for uh, for that. I got Iowa State winning. It probably 65-61. Michigan on Sunday. I I uh, will beat Michigan. Agreed. Lost tomorrow night, close one. Even up things in the Big Ten, one and one on on. I also think Indiana gives Michigan a lot more than they want tonight. I, I'll be interested. I'll yeah. watch. I, I would. I would totally agree. Hey, I want to thank everybody uh, for helping us out on the program today, especially our newest sponsor, Dairy Chrysler Dodge and Jeep. Out absolutely, absolutely. Peter Camp back in the studio, and for Dave Creighton, oh Tom Kicker at HawkeyeReport.com. For Dave Creighton Jr., I'm Brett Ridge. Join us next week right here on the Hawkeye Hill 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.